and we are back and we are the run duo i am tommy mitchell what's up guys and i am india cook hey india this is episode 80 Episode number 80. Exactly. That's I am a lot so of excited for you that. Know, that we grown. You know, we we retired. <laughs> we at retirement age. We get 80. You know, we like, are we grown, can... grown. Exactly. Exactly. So how you been? I am doing well. I am doing well. Um, I'm definitely taking some time off from running. I know if anybody checked out my previous YouTube videos, I am taking some time off from running from that last half and letting my shins and calves doctor themselves and doing my stretches and stuff. But I'm doing well, staying busy, alive and well. Exactly. How about you, Tommy? I'm doing great. You know what? I, you know, me and Coach Monroe, we doing our thing. You know, I know. I me. saw your post. I was like, look at him. He gonna start posting. <laughs> I'm excited. Nah, I ain't gonna start post. I just posted no. that one time just to say, hey, I got a coach. <laughs> nah. I, I mean, I, I enjoy just running and then, like, I ran this morning, and you know, I run in. And I don't feel like standing out there trying to take photos. And you know, Good. I can hear, I can hear Trey crying from inside, so I had to get in. Yeah. The house. So, but it was, uh, you know, I got me and Coach Monroe doing our thing. Good. You know, he's keeping me motivated. He's, you know, texting me, you know, here and there. Mm. Um, and he's got a, you know, he's got a good little plan for me. He might be taking me a little faster than I, I think I need to go, but we're going to see. I'm going to let him, <laughs> I'm going to let him be the coach. Okay. Well, you let him know too, though. If he, uh, if you feel like your body's saying no, 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 but you know, well, you do, sometimes we need that extra push though. It's not my body because I haven't done it. So my body's not saying anything. I'm just looking at it going. I hadn't yeah. done this in a while. You know you what? Know? Yeah, I hadn't you done this in a second. One of my clients that I had, it's so funny that you said that. One of my clients that I had on my last training, my last cycle that I trained, um, she said when she first received the plan that I gave her, she mm -hmm. said, she was like, this girl must be out of her mind. She said that. <laughs> and she said, and every time we talked, especially when we're getting closer to her, the end of her training cycle, which mm -hmm. um, we have. So when I train athletes for the ARC program that I work for, mm -hmm. um, they, they they have an eight-week training block. So they I am with them for eight weeks. So anyway, when we got to the end of the training block, she's she would always tell me, she's like, you know, in the beginning, when you first gave me my plan, I thought you was the craziest person ever giving me this plan. But look at me. I did it. I said, see, you got to get out your mind. So I know sometimes when either you're not used to plans or haven't done them in a while, you're like, "Woo, it is a lot. But it's it also looks like a lot. You, yeah, it looks yeah, like a lot. Yeah. But once you take it week by week, day by day, um, you'll be surprised at what you can do. Now, that's not saying that some coaches out here give some plans that's olympic style for a casual <laughs> runner you know that's not saying that that doesn't happen but yeah i do understand that thought process of being concerned of you know looking at your plan like woo, okay i'm gonna do this yeah so i mean you know but i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and let him coach me up because you know i mean and you know mark knows me well as far yeah. as like my past running and so he knows me you know pretty well mm -hmm. um and the way he's doing it he's cutting up and so he's just giving me four weeks at a time so okay. if we need to shift something after yep. that four weeks, you know, we definitely can. So yeah. it's, it's going well. So I'm doing well. Now, yeah. this is a very special episode. Yeah. Um, this episode of the Run Duo podcast is sponsored by the Atlanta Track Club. And yes, thank the, you so much, Atlanta Track Club. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, July 3rd and July 4th for the uh, Peachtree Road Race. Um, and they got a virtual version, but, you know, I I'm showing up. You know, I'm showing up. <laughs> So uh, they sponsored us. They reached out to us. And I was like, yeah, we have no problem. If you want to sponsor us, great. But we <laughs> yes. were going to talk about it anyway. For I mean, sure. You know, yes, for sure. So because so, like, Indy, I think you hit me up the day uh, registration opened. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was like, you know, registration. If you need to go ahead and register, go ahead and get it done. So Listen, so, yeah, so registration is definitely open now. Um, so you are correct, Tommy. I, I really appreciate Atlanta Track Club for sponsoring this episode. Um, I text you to let you know that the uh, registration was open because, you know, for me, I'm like, I, that's what I'm used to doing for one. And for two, it's in person. And I didn't know how they were going to actually do um, in person versus virtual and how many slots. So I didn't want to be caught slacking. So for right. those that are not aware, um, you want to go ahead and lock it in your calendar and register for the Peachtree Road Race if you are interested. Um, it is available now. So for the members, as well as anybody that is interested in registering, or putting their name in for the lottery. So there, it is anticipated that the race will take place in person on the traditional route that takes place on Peachtree Road down to Piedmont. Um, and of course, that is continuing to go, go with the COVID precautions and everything there. But the race will be held in person as well as virtually. Now, something that is really different with the race this year is that it will be on July 3rd and July 4th. So July 3rd is Saturday and July 4th is Sunday. Um, And so there's an option for both. Um, And of course, the strict COVID precautions, like I mentioned, they will be requiring that there is a negative COVID test um, within seven days of the race. Um, And that also includes, uh, you can also show your vaccine if you have um, obtained a vaccine for that. So I'm really excited about that. And I think that I'm, I'm, I'm more excited that it's, uh, we'll, we should, and hopefully we'll be able to continue to do it in person. Now, for those that are already members, you have the availability to go ahead and select which day that you want to register for the race. So whether that be on Saturday or on Sunday. Now, if you are not a member, you can join today or until May 1st, join as Atlanta Track Club member, and then also get that guaranteed entry into the race. Now, that is very different than previous years, Tommy. That is something that usually there's a cutoff, usually in February, that you have to become a member to get that guaranteed entry. But because Mm -hmm. we know life is just different, um, they're allowing you to go ahead and sign up as a member until May 1st and also register for the race to get your guaranteed entry. Now, if you decide that you don't want to become a member, um, you can put yourself into into the lottery. And once the lottery has ended, which is on May 1st, you will be notified on May 3rd if you get in. And then depending upon the uh, availability, once the guaranteed entry people have made their choices, the availability on time slots, you will be selected for either the third or the fourth. Um, So definitely check it out. And if you want to go ahead and register, you can go to AJC dot com slash peachtree so ajc is atlanta journal constitution um atlanta excuse me ajc.com slash peachtree is where you want to register so i am really excited about it tommy i don't know about you i'm looking forward to it by then i will have my vaccine so i won't have to worry about getting tested um and I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to some norm, some normalcy to the race. Of course, it will be different than what we're used to because we are used to seeing 60,000 people out there running with us. Um, and of course, the field is going to be a lot smaller than that this year. They are not allowing that many people um, into the race this year, but it's still happening. So I'm really excited about that. Yes, most definitely. So, like you said, it, it won't be as many people. So, you want to go ahead and get get registered. Yes. Um, I went ahead. I registered. I get. I think it was the first day. I registered the. Well, it might have been the second day. I don't remember. But anyway, mm-hmm. I registered and I I went for July third. Okay. Just because 
you know, because at first, because Heather was like, you don't want to do it July 4th to, you know, for the for tradition kind of, like, what of you it. Get, the tradition. That's the reason I why like, I did it. No, because by I'm thinking by July 4th this year, we gonna have some parties. So you oh know, I'm goodness. like, I'm not I'm go ahead, that. Hit it on the third, <laughs> and then on the fourth, I can hit all the barbecues. So I could die. <laughs> so well, and I'm all, it, it really depended on when I was gonna, what day my company was gonna give me, and yes. they're giving me Monday. So I said, well, I'd rather go ahead, do it early, and then just chill for the rest of the weekend. Whereas if they had given me Friday, I probably would have done it on, you know, I might have done it on Sunday because I would have had those first two days just to kind of kind of hang yeah. out, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I went ahead and went with the third. I, I hear you. There there was a big conversation within um, the uh, ambassador chat. We have a chat mm-hmm. for the Atlanta Track Club ambassadors. And it was, well, not conversation, but everybody was like, what day are you choosing? And a majority of us said the fourth because we want to keep the tradition. I get mm-hmm. the whole having the day off. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to run in the morning. It's going to be over hopefully midday. And or at least by midday, you'll be done running and you can go to your barbecue. You know, people be delayed. We might want to hit the road or whatever. You know, I might if we want to go out of town or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me leave. Let me let me give as much time as possible. So I went ahead and I like running on Saturdays anyway. You know, I get it. Right, I get so it. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, it's definitely going to be different. Definitely yeah. going to be different. Oh, and let me just let you guys know if you are the prices, if you are an Atlanta Track Club member, it is thirty eight dollars. Um, because they do give a, a little bit off, they're 13% off if you are Atlanta Track Club member. And if you are not, when you enter for the lottery, it is $48. And if anything does happen to where the race does not take place, um, if you are the, a member, you will be able to get your, if you register, excuse me, for in-person, you will be able to get a refund if it is you know COVID-related as to why they potentially would cancel it. But we're not going to put that in the universe. We're going to hope that everything goes well um, <laughs> and the race goes off with a hitch. So without a hitch, excuse me. So yes, I am really, really excited. And also for our listeners, we are going to have Rich Kana on the podcast um, for uh, the Peachtree. So if y'all have questions that y'all want to ask, y'all have anything that y'all want to ask him, definitely hit us up, um, send us us a message on Instagram, or you can email us as well to let us know if you have any questions. So exactly. Looking forward to it. um, And as everybody, well, not everybody knows, but the main reason I am a um, Atlanta track club member is not really to get into the peace tree or the mm-hmm. races is because I feel they do a, a pretty good job of children, of kids getting kids involved in running and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. just to let you know, there's also a kids edition of the race called the peach tree junior this year. It will be on the, the second. So it'll be on that Friday. Um, mm-hmm. Well, children 14 and under can participate in a mile or a dash. Um, they will mm-hmm. cross the same finish line as participants in the peach tree the next two days so um if you got young children i mean i i, I want to take trey out there i'm probably gonna have to do it virtual because i gotta i'm gonna have to work that friday so i'm probably not gonna be able to get out there but if you can if you're one of those people that got that job where you off from the second through the fifth you right. know get get your kids out there let them participate get them started um you know get them enjoying running as well i'm gonna i'm gonna hit up my niece and uh see if she can get her son and her daughter um out there as well yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, the list is so extensive in regards to why become why to 
why you should be an Atlanta Track Club member. Um, just, I mean, obviously supporting the cause like you, Tommy, the children giving back. Atlanta Track Club does so much with the community, including um, just having different programs. A lot of, if you are an Atlanta Track Club member, of course, if you live in Atlanta, there is a lot of also in trainings as well as races that are free for us. Um, so just depending upon kind of what your niche is, it's awesome. And of course, if you love Waffle House, there's also a discount to Waffle House. I always say that, <laughs> you know, a fun fact, fun fact, and we'll, we'll go on because I can mm -hmm. talk about this forever. So when I first, my first year that I became an Atlanta Track Club ambassador, they asked for us to send a video as to why we want to become an ambassador and kind of why or how you would basically tell someone why you should be or sign up to be an Atlanta Track Club member. Mm -hmm. And I had to add the Waffle House in there. I don't know who <laughs> else mentioned the Waffle House discount, but I added the Waffle House discount. So I don't know if that gave me a little leg up because I mentioned the Waffle House discount, but <laughs> that definitely is a part of the process. So... <laughs> Uh, it's yes. one of the perks is to get the Waffle House discount. Yeah, we love the Waffle House discount. Yeah, it's one thing I miss about living in the city. I used to hit the Waffle House quite often. Living out here, I very rarely get to the Waffle House, and there's one right down the street. You know what? It is. It's gonna be Waffle House this weekend. Awesome. Some well, there this you go. Weekend, get you some, some scattered smother covered. Exactly. Cash brown. Exactly for sure. Yes. Um. Now, of course, this month is, and let me make sure I'm saying it, Women's History Month, correct? Mm -hmm. um, which is great. Um, that's one of the reasons we have the guests that we have coming on. Yes. Because um, we wanted to celebrate women in uh, history, not just history, running history, that sort of thing as well. Um, kind of tell us, you know, do you have anything for us on, on women's history, India? No? Me? Yeah, you. Well, you really, yeah, you are women's history. <laughs> Actually, I am women's history. I did. This isn't running, but I did. And, and honestly, because it is Women's History Month, I walk. OK, as a father, I watch mm -hmm. a lot of Nickelodeon. I watch a lot of Disney Channel mm -hmm. and they are very good. Anytime what, well, you know, Black History Month, women's history, they show you a lot of stuff. There is a young lady. She was an African-American woman. Her name is uh, Dr. Shirley Jackson. She was a theoretical physicist. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm saying that right. It's the same thing that Sheldon does on Big Bang Theory. Um, but <laughs> gotta <laughs> that's love what she Sheldon. Was. Exactly. That's what she does. She her her theories are the reasons why, and I like this because her invention. Because a lot of times you hear about somebody inventing something like ah, they invented the waffle iron, or they invented you know this or that something mm -hmm. that we don't you know really use anymore. Her right. theories are the reason why we have caller ID. Mm. And we have call waiting. Mm. Dr. Shirley, uh, Shirley Jackson. Um, she's in her 80s now. She's still alive. But I just thought it was amazing that something, you know, because when I when, she, when they said what she did and they said she, she was a physicist, I was like, mm -hmm. how does that compute to, you know, the telephone? But basically, I guess because of, you know, telecommunications and you know fiber optics and that sort of thing. That's how we have call waiting and caller ID. And I don't think any of us could survive without caller ID. Not anymore. <laughs> Back in the, I mean, we definitely were around when it wasn't happening, but I definitely think that it's, uh, it's something that not anymore. Like literally yeah. the block list is extensive. The exactly. Block list I, is I, extensive. I, I mean, does anybody answer a call that they don't know anymore? Does, does, I no. mean, and a lot of people don't answer the calls they do know. So <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because more so recently when I was working on getting my COVID vaccine, I was like, uh -huh. Ooh, I guess I need to answer some calls that are that are not listening in my phone so I don't miss them scheduling me for it. 
but it's so funny that I had to say that because I was like, listen, I don't usually answer. If you're not locked in, I don't. And for t- I tell people if I give them my phone number, I'm like, please give me yours so I can lock you in. Because otherwise, if you call me and I don't know it, I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> and I barely check my voicemail. So, you know, it's if I don't know who you are, I might, I might not answer that call. Best yes. way to get me is text message, of course. Definitely. But, yeah, I just definitely. Want, that was a the little, little women's history. I thought I would in part. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's, thank you. I think that there's definitely, I mean, I could go down the list of things that has happened in our world and, you know, in our country in regards to women's history. And I feel like we just have to, I think we, we sometimes should take a step back to acknowledge the differences between the, between the genders and what's acknowledged for us. Um, And I think when it comes to women, uh, we don't we don't get as much as much um, excitement as we should, but I think obviously with our new vice president and our our past first lady and all of that, like there's definitely some recent history that is amazing and and going forward that has really opened the eyes to the great things that us as women are are continuing to do. Every day, every yes. day, making history. Yes. And of course, you all will hear later, we have Yolanda Holder. She is a Guinness World Record holder, race walker, author, and she is just amazing. And she has been a part of women's history. And we definitely want to hear about her story. She's definitely women's history. I mean, just going down her accolades, she's definitely women's history. Can't wait to uh, speak with her a little bit later. Yes. And I mean, as we're talking about women, um, I think it is is good for us to, to discuss the most recent Nike ad that was put out. Um, so I, and I think Tommy, you and I briefly, I think we definitely touched on this, um, but Nike released the ad this week. Um, and it was about women maternity. Um, and it was basically showing different women that were expecting or already moms and them doing some kind of sport or aerobic activity, and showing that they are strong, that they are amazing, that they are worthy, basically is the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Nice ad, very nice ad. Um, and it's been interesting being on social media because I have a group of people that I follow that are like, oh my gosh, look at this ad, it's so amazing. And then I have another group of people on social media that are saying, yeah, whatever, Nike, y'all late on this. It wasn't until y'all got called out by Allison Felix that now y'all want to accept women and in, in, in women when they are growing having a um having a baby in the maternity phase mm-hmm. and it's just really interesting to see the different dynamics of people that are responding to the ad um so for me there's a lot of people that are saying that the ad was very performative and it is because Allison Felix called them out um and mm-hmm. I think I mean Allison Felix is not the only athlete that has or was considered are mistreated, shall I say, or, you know, pay was cut, contracts were changed because she was wanting to grow a family and became pregnant. And I think that she's not the only athlete, but I think she is one of the main athletes that put her foot down and, and publicly explained why she decided to separate from Nike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we continue to have several conversations on our podcast about how, the companies are being performative and they're just reacting to call outs or reacting to different things that are happening over the last couple of years. But there are so many other companies that like Wazell and other companies that have made changes in the like prior to 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Before, before, prior to 
all the social injustice being coming to a head, shall I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Nike is Nike definitely is obviously doing it because of the change of uh, or the call out that they had. But I'm, I'm kind of 50 50 on it. Like, I'm excited that they're doing it. Let's make a change. But let's see what that change really means. Are you going to sign an athlete that's that's already expecting that has children? And if you do sign an athlete that is doing bomb things now, and then she is um, expecting or whatever, how are we going to hold you accountable to those things? But then I also understand individuals that are expecting it, athletes that are expecting it or are moms now that feel like there's a disservice to them. And it's, it was hard for them to watch the ad because they feel that it took their struggle or took their shortcoming for Nike to realize that they should be doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it is very, it, it's very telling and is a part of women, women's history that we talk about this, um, and understand that there's, there's two sides to it and we just have to do better. We have to do better. Well, uh, it and be I mean, 2021 that those type ads are coming out is my thing. Like it should not be 2021. Nike has been around forever that those type ads are out there. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't work for Nike, so I don't know what changes actually took place. Did somebody change in an area that can actually do something about it, or did they just change in the marketing department? So right. we don't know. But right. this is, I mean, I'm not a big cancel culture fo- person, mm-hmm. but this, this, this is what I was always told. Everybody deserves a second chance. That don't mean I got to give it to you, though. Mm. So, yes, do I think we should cancel Nike because it, take, it took them this long to get here? No, but if you have feelings... Like like some of these runners do, mm-hmm. you don't got to give them a second chance. You can you can bad talk them, whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. But um, I try to give people space to see if they're going to actually change, and if they don't, we'll put you right back in the box we were trying to put you in in the first place. Right. So right. and I agree. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people. Your comment about is it just the marketing department that changed? Mm-hmm. I think that that's that was some of the comments that I was seeing mm-hmm. as well. Is that people were concerned about it being a marketing ploy, like, let's just market this, get some, get some people in, mm-hmm. get, you know, get people excited about Nike again. Not that it really went away, but like, I mean, yeah. there probably are some people that did the whole cancel culture and whatever, but honestly, I don't think Nike is hurting for a dollar since from, since their Alice and Felix thing and not saying hurting for a dollar, but mm-hmm. they're well, well-established company. Yeah. Um, and, but I also know that there's changes that need to go go on in every area and it should not just be a commercial that should you know bring people to a different phase with them well i mean it would take a person like um a michael jordan saying you know what i want to disassociate myself from nike it'll take a per- i don't know who else had i mean i'm not a person that's a big sneakerhead, so i don't know who else actually is sponsored by nike besides you know runners right. i really don't i have no idea but it would take mm-hmm. somebody like that maybe not quite as big but you know something along those lines I mean, if they're sponsoring uh, somebody in WNBA, it's going to take somebody like that to say, hey, you know what? I- I'm done with y'all until you make actual changes before right. you're probably going to see anything. That's my opinion. But, of course, we might turn around tomorrow and, you know, they bust out some actual guidelines for uh, women, you know, that they sponsor and what they have to follow. That's mm-hmm. what I would look for, personally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I just, I would, I would just close by saying my heart goes out to any athlete runner, anyone that was taught on was, was, was treated unfairly, excuse me, was treated Mm -hmm. unfairly by Nike 
or any other organization by that matter, because of them wanting to decide to grow their family, to be a mother and to do what they need to do for, for their life and what they wanted. So I just definitely, my heart goes out to anybody that did that. And I mean, we got to do better. We got to do better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see it in, in more than just running mm-hmm. tennis. I noticed that in tennis a long time ago, because I mean, I guess runners start young too, but maybe I just saw tennis more. Mm-hmm. And I saw how some women, you know, that the top of their game had to just give it up because they, yeah. they want a kid. Like, look, I, mm-hmm. I want kids, so I'm, I'm done. Right. Um, you know, the, the Williams sisters didn't go that route. Luckily, Serena was able to have a child. But, I mean, how old is Serena? She, right. I'm sure she would have rather, you know, had her child younger. But because of who she was and what she was doing, right. probably felt like she couldn't. Yeah, definitely. Um, And wanted to, I mean, I guess it's the whole thing of like peak performance too, right? Like we all know, well, we, I don't know and you don't know, but like, I'm pretty sure when you become a mom, you know, your body definitely shifts, but that doesn't mean that you can't be excellent. That doesn't mean that you can't break records after you become a mom. It doesn't mean that you can't do everything that you were doing before, but we also know that performance you know, the, the process of getting back to the field and all that stuff may be different, but that doesn't mean that you should anyone should be treated differently or should be cut off just because they mm-hmm. decide to do that. The The process and the formula may just look different for that person. And that shouldn't be a reason to be treated differently. Well, I say that because I'm, I'm sure Serena might have thought about having a child, but mm-hmm. there were people in her ear like, well, you know, mm-hmm. you go away, yeah. you might not be able to come back. Exactly. You know? And I'm sure that's that. And that shouldn't be the way it is. She should be able to go. I mean, because, you know, ain't nobody saying that to the dude when his wife has a kid. Right. Because honestly, I, I I mean, yes, of course, a woman's body goes through all kinds of changes mm-hmm. um, when you're having a child. But like, I mean, I got one in the house right now that's, you know, running like she always ran, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, of course, Heather is not an elite athlete, but she mm-hmm. popped back, got herself back together, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, she, she did it. Um, but it's I think it's less about that part. I think it's more about when you have a child, your mindset may change. But mm-hmm. that's with everybody. That's with mm-hmm. men. That's with women. I'm sure Tiger Woods will tell you he definitely didn't practice as much once he had kids than he mm-hmm. did before. That's no, right. but ain't nobody your taking contracts from him. Shift. Exactly. Yeah, but your nobody's priority taking contracts shift. from him because mm-hmm. of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's my point. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand. I, de- I definitely get that. And I, I think your priorities shift, but I think that we need to have more conversations in the boardrooms when we're writing those contracts. The the these companies need to be having conversation with their athletes about their plans and how they can adjust their contract or how they can not adjust their contract, but hi, your day one of your contract, or let's write your contract. We understand that you are a female. Is this something that you're looking into? Let's figure out how we can work around things so that you can still have the same lifestyle and being an income and opportunity that you would if you didn't have a child. And I guess just starting from the beginning to actually have those conversations. And I feel like prior to a lot of the things happening over the last five to 10 years, those conversations probably weren't happening. It was behind the scenes like, oh, if she gets pregnant, it's a wrap. And it shouldn't be that. So I think that we just need to have more companies that are willing to have that conversation. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think as you have more women in the boardroom, you yeah. definitely will see that. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, yes. you know, like I hope that women mm-hmm. are standing up for other women and saying, hey, no, mm-hmm. we need to do this because, but, you know, this, this world changes slowly. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of, I'm going to give you something else for the women. Mm -hmm. So Des Linden, which we absolutely love, um, she is 
trying she is going towards her career in being an ultra marathoner so she is working on she is training to break the world record in the 50k and she says she's really trying to push new limits so I am excited for her I totally think she can get it she is a strong runner strong athlete and I'm excited to see what she can do in the ultra marathons in the ultra marathon arena I think she'll do well because she's tough. I mean, you know, yeah. she, she won she won probably the hardest Boston Marathon mm-hmm. ever, at least one that since they were putting it on TV, mm-hmm. right? The hardest mar- Boston Marathon ever. So I think she it lends her lends it to her to go ultra to to add those extra miles. So yeah, I think I think she'll do well. I know. So Tommy, let me ask you this: If you once you say, for instance, let's just hypothetically speaking Mm -hmm. you're at your peak right now you've done all these marathons you've done your bucket list marathons what would you go towards as next next venture or the next category of things that you feel like you want to dip your toe in to kind of spice up the athleticism within you what would you go towards next I mean you know um once honestly once you run a marathon I think everybody's mind goes hmm what's next and I think I think at one point my mind went toward being a, a triathlete, but mm. that's women. <laughs> that's women. I'm with rough. you. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I can swim. You can throw me wherever, and I can swim. Um, but swimming laps in like yeah. in beaten water like that's totally different than throwing me in 15 feet of water at a pool and I can survive, right? And, and I'm not a big fan of um riding the bike on the, the road. I'm just I just okay. in Atlanta I just can't get over these cars and how they drive. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, but that's triathlete, true. yeah, a triathlon was um something that I thought about, you know, moving into just because I have a lot of friends um mm-hmm. that also that were runners and then also did, you know, uh triathlons. That's mm-hmm. probably what I would probably look at. Um you know, I don't know, I might actually look at different sports too. I might look at tennis, you know, mm-hmm. other things just to keep me active. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely thought about and speaking of cuz you said that you you and swimming duathlons like I didn't like that's something that's just cycling and running that I feel like I could you know transition into so that's been on my mind but I still feel like I have a couple more years on within the the distance running thing before I transition yeah I mean it's just you're just all in what you you know want to do um Mm -hmm. I think but I I, you know I I haven't really ever thought about ultras because trust me once I get to 26.2 I'm through Okay. I don't want to do another. Not the business. I do either. not want to do another step. When I get done with twenty six point two, I'm like, who does this? Who signs up for this? Why? Who paid for this? this? Why? Like, let alone exactly. going further than exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. definitely understand. But I mean, I said the same thing about fools when I was running half marathons only. So you never know. Hi, who? I mean, why did you decide to do a full? Who? I mean, I a got marathon. To it, peer pressure. Yeah, you know they love that peer pressure. They get mm-hmm. on you, boy. Like, oh, why that don't you positive peer pressure. And then when you're around people, nothing but mar- not say nothing but marathoners, but majority of your circle are marathoners. It's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things like, oh, I'm signing up for this half. No, you're not. Why are you doing a half? You should just do the full. <laughs> like it just it evolves into this like conversation of shade and like minimizing the half marathon distance. And it's like, listen, listen, Linda, I just want to do this half marathon. But you know, I think once you get into the space of doing doing fulls I just think that it's I don't know it's amazing and I mean I I don't think every runner wants or should be a a marathoner like that's not in the cards for everyone but I think Mm -hmm. when you get around people that have done the distance and they help you to understand 
the beauty of it also to help you train through the process and give you the positives of running a marathon, then you just do it. So that's what happened to me. My first one was, a, was just do it to say that I was a part of the 1%. And my second one was to redeem myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I gotcha. I mean, I actually, when I'm actually trained up, I truly enjoy um, running mm-hmm. marathons. It's definitely always a good story. It's always a good time. You know, when it, once it's over, you know, mm-hmm. you can puff your chest out for a little bit and, you know, walk around with your medal through the airport. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's an accomplishment. Yeah, exactly. Whether you are doing it, whether you're training for a 10 K uh, half marathon or full, like it's an accomplishment regardless, mm-hmm. like being able to train up to do a race and toe the line and cross the finish line is accomplishment regardless of where it is. So exactly. Yes. Now, you know what I was thinking? Oh, well, I wasn't thinking. I just, you know, cause of course we constantly reading stuff about running. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, you just talked about Des Linden, and she wants to be an ultra and, you know, set a world record. The guest we have coming up, she's uh, in the Guinness Book of World Records. I was looking online. I mean, I wasn't looking for it. It just popped up. Mm-hmm. So there, And I don't know the specifics, but this guy ran a marathon. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records for running a marathon barefoot in the snow. Ooh. Hey, come on, man. I mean, really? I understand. I understand, I guess, but barefoot in the snow. Have you ever stepped outside barefoot in the snow? I have not, but I have been outside <laughs> when it's cold as crap outside without socks on, and it wasn't fun. So I exactly. can only imagine what the it's, snow feels like. Exactly. Then there's another gentleman. I think he pulled a tractor trailer. Mm. Did you see mm-hmm. that one? He pulled a tractor trailer for a marathon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, marathons are hard enough. Y'all just adding stuff on. Mm-hmm. Um, one, uh, there, I want to say it was a half marathon um, here in Atlanta where a guy ran it in dress shoes. Yes, that was for the Hot Atlanta half 2017, somewhere around there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I'm always like, okay, why? why? There's always something. <laughs> you know, I just think it's that competitive spirit to say that I did it. And I think, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, go you. It couldn't be me, but go you. I'm just always excited to see people that can step outside the box and say that they've done something outside of ordinary and you did it. I think this is, I think it's on the same level of people that end up running a marathon and they say they're one and done just to become part of that 1%. And I think that that's the same thing when it comes to some of these records and Guinness Book of World Records. Like you just, you do things to say, you know, I am that person. I did this at one point. Gotcha. So. Well, I just, it was just when I read it, I was like, I mean, for someone who's run a marathon mm-hmm. and to see somebody who's done it with these, all, these extra obstacles in your way, I'm just like, yeah. oh my God. That's, yeah you would think like your feet are frozen do they become numb what do you do like how does that <laughs> i would think there's a lot of logistics like, in my mind like fall off? i mean yes like it's so many logistics in my mind that i feel like would be in the very interesting to hear about that process when i was in um birmingham when i, I did the relay uh mm-hmm. for the marathon or i don't i forgot what is it called over there i can't remember birmingham the, the mercedes man mercedes. yeah uh-huh. there was this couple that I'm assuming they considered that dancing. They danced the whole, I think it was they did the half. They danced wow. the whole half. And I and at the time I was doing Shut Up Tommy and I could not find anybody who knew they who they were because I wanted to interview and be like, y'all dance though. I mean, it was it was a dance, but then it was kind of a skip hop. So I wanted to find out, number one, were you dancing? Were you skipping? 
But, yeah. yeah. Like, what I was think, the stipulations behind it? Because the Guinness Book yeah. of World Records, like, they're very tedious and meticulous to look into yeah. like, how you actually do it. Yeah. And I had actually seen them. There were two Af- it was an African American man, African American woman. And I'd seen them before mm-hmm. um, at another, you know, marathon or race somewhere doing that. But it was a shorter race, so I didn't pay as much attention. But then I was like, these people just did a half marathon, like, skipping and dancing. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah, wow, would, wow. I, I even know I, I skip and dance a little bit in the beginning, but, you know, by mile seven, all that skipping and dancing stops. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it takes a different type of skill and focus to be able to do that for sure. Exactly. Do we got anything else before we bring our guest on? No, just don't forget, guys. I know, I know that some people may have noticed, but the Boston Marathon finally announced when you are able to sign up for the virtual as well as in-person race. So... They will be shrinking the field size for the in-person race down to 20K. In the past years, it had been between 30,000 and 35,000 individuals. Um, But on April 20th at 10 a.m. through April 23rd at 5 p.m., you will be able to register for those races. Um, And, of course, there was a lot of conversation online about the – uh, medals and if the medal will be different between the infield people that are actually going to be in person versus people that are going to be running virtual and yes guys they have officially said that the medals will be different you will get if you are in person you will get a special edition medal um, and for some reason that was a big deal in in regards to the conversations of people being frustrated that 70,000 people are going to be able to open up be able to run this race virtually which I mean let let people. I, I think about know, signing. I, you know, I, I like. I should sign up and do it just so I can talk crazy with my medal. Just see how many people <laughs> act a fool with me. Because you no, know, I don't care. Like yeah. I'll be only like medal. Yeah. <laughs> let's welcome all. Like at the end of the day, let's welcome people. And welcome exactly. All. Just so, let people let people enjoy their lives. Come exactly. On. It's going to be a tighter field. A lot of people say that it's going to be a tighter field because the numbers are lower. So they're saying that people that have trained for the Boston Marathon and cut it in and cut down their time to get in, it's going to be tighter. But I feel like let's separate that from the fact that people can run virtual, like because they're the, the field is tighter and there's going to be a smaller availability for people to get in on the um, the in-person that has nothing to do with all of the other people that didn't qualify. Like those are two separate different things. This is COVID. Regardless on if they were going to allow 70,000 people to run run virtually, you would still probably have had a very tight um, I mean, Boston's qualifying tight. time to get in. So, And I mean, yes, I feel bad for you if it's because of this year, you can't mm-hmm. get in this year. And trying to, you know, keep qualifying. I don't know how long your qualifying time lasts. Mm-hmm. for uh, Boston, but, you know, having to try to qualify again, you know, if they open up the field larger next year, that is, yeah, I'm, I do feel bad for you, but you know, there's worse things in the world. Yeah, for sure. And just keep at it, guys. I mean, I know that we, there are people that try hard, 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 but, you know, you never know. The times haven't been released, but I'm pretty sure they are doing their calculating and ticking off now to figure out what can be done. So, yes. Exactly. Tommy, we got in some good stuff before this, uh, before our, our guest comes on. Exactly. So we're getting ready to bring her on right now. Mm-hmm. All right. And we are back and we have an amazing guest with us today. We have Miss Yolanda Holder. She is the walking diva, author, race walker, ultra marathoner, as well as a Guinness Book of World Record holder. I'm sure I missed some of your accolades, but welcome to our show, Yolanda. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you so much, India, for having me and you too, Tommy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, of course. So I came across your social media page and I'm like, wow, this lady is amazing and you are doing a lot of things. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the sport of running? Is this something running? Well, we'll talk about race walking as well, but was running something that entered you into kind of your athleticism? Where did your um, athleticism start for you? Um, I'm first of all, I am not a runner. Okay. I've never have been, um, have no desire to be one. <laughs> I am a, a walker. I started walking, um, in my, uh, in my forties, just leisure walking my neighborhood. And, um, so for, uh, then I, I did my first 5k, uh, walking and I met this amazing lady. Uh, I was trying to catch her and she was walking really, really fast. Her name is Brenda. And so um, that's how I kind of started doing competitive walking. We would do five and 10 Ks. And then we decided to graduate and do uh, our first marathon. And so she did it first. Her first marathon was the LA marathon. Um, and um, so then the following year, I we decided to do the um, Portland Marathon because Portland is walker friendly. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was like 41. And so anyway, I did that and finished it in five hours and 45 minutes. And I kind of felt that I was kind of hooked on it. Back then, you would do a marathon and then you'd talk about it for like six months. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You remember those days? Yes. Yeah. You know, and you're still like on this high and everything. So um, that went on for maybe seven or eight years. I did about 12 marathons. And mm -hmm. so now I'm coming up on my 50th birthday. And so um, I decided that I wanted to do something totally different for my 50th birthday. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I want to do 50 marathons in 50 weeks. Okay. Mm. So I... Um, on my journey of doing the 50 marathons, um, I met um, a lot of marathoners that were um, in the 50 state club where you do a marathon in yes. every state. Mm -hmm. And then also there was a, this really crazy club called the Marathon Maniacs. Right. And so I joined the Marathon Maniacs. And so that year um, for my 50th birthday that year, I ended up not doing the 50 marathons in 50 weeks. I ended up doing 67 Mm. let's just put it this way. I have never stopped. <laughs> yes, it sounds like you just wow. said next, 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 and next. And so then um, I kept going. And then um, that was in 2008, 2009. I ended up doing 77 marathons. I became Marathon Maniac of the Year, all that great stuff. So then I got in touch with um, Guinness to see if there was the most marathons run or walk in a calendar year. And so there was a lady over in Italy. She did 100 marathons in 2002. So I set out in 2010 to break her record. I broke right. her record with 106, and that's when things started to change. Um, all the run, uh, it was so much negativity behind it. Um, mm. People from all over the world, anybody can walk a marathon. She's just a walker. She's nobody. Blah blah blah. Mm. I don't even believe she did it. 
Da, 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 da. So I'm da. sorry, before you go on. So the lady, the individual that had your, the previous record, she ran those. She ran those. Um, I don't, I know she's still around. She's uh, actually, she's getting close to maybe I just saw, I belong to the mega hundred uh, mega yes. club. Uh -huh. um, and so I think she's on like 700 or something. Okay. So I honestly can't say if she literally ran, but I will um, each one. Okay. All but there are people out there that I personally know that do run, run, um, you know, over a hundred marathons in a calendar year and they actually run. Right. Okay. So I don't want to, cause then, um, I think she's a little older than me now. So mm -hmm. a lot of people run slash walk. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. but I can only speak for me. I, mm -hmm. I totally walked every, all 540 today, um, yeah. marathons. Wow. Okay. But what happened in, in the reason why I have to bring up 2010 when I got my first Guinness is because um, Guinness is huge around the world, no matter what you do, and you're in that book, you know, and you've done something amazing here in America, <laughs> they don't care. And then they, they challenge you. And so all, a lot of the runners came after me and it was negative. I remember my sister used to say, could you read what they just said about you? She, you know, people yeah. would get really, so I got really uh, upset and I did. Um, so then in 2011, I only did maybe 30 marathons. And then I wouldn't tell people I was the Guinness. And then my son's ex-girlfriend, um, I remember it just, I just totally remember it. She, I was in my room, she came in my room and she said, Miss Holder, wear your crown. You have done something that nobody on this planet, female, has done. Right. And I was like, and that was in March of 2012 when she said that. And, um, and then I just said, you know what? I'm gonna break my own record. And then I'm going to come, I'm going to do some hundred milers. I'm going to do some fifties. I'm going to say, bam, in your face. And I did, I gave, I did a hundred and twenty marathons. Um, and like I said, I started in March. So mm -hmm. not within nine months, I did 120 marathons. Three of those were hundred milers. And one was a Western state qualifier. Mm. Listen, you better toot your horn. Exactly. I am just like, you know what? I, I know that you just mentioned that it, you're, you don't consider yourself a runner and that you are a walker. I totally understand that. However, as a runner that has had a six hour marathon that I ran walk or whatever, like in my mind, mm -hmm. you are beyond amazing. Like to be able to, and I put quotations around walk because the pace that you were going in quote unquote walking is a great pace for walking, jogging, whatever you want to call it. Like that to me is just amazing. I, and I understand, and I do want to talk about this. Like there's a difference on running versus race walking, like your form and how you do it. So I definitely want to find out about that, but I just want to let you know that you are amazing. And the fact that you have done all of these things, regardless of, of the pace and like people not wanting to give you your glory that you deserve for the accomplishments that you've had. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. So it's a, I, it's, it's I want to tell you it's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I, I, I mean, I understand social media is, it's, is a, supposed to be a good thing, mm -hmm. but sometimes I'm just like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Why, why go out of your way when somebody's achieved something 
to try to down them. That's just, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and I apologize that anybody did that to you because I feel bad as a human that people would mm-hmm. do that to you when you have gone out here and done something that nobody, I mean, maybe 1% of the whole world <laughs> uh, yeah, might, yeah. might yeah. be able to complete one of them. You know, yeah. and you're doing a hundred in a year. So I, I, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Let's talk about the fact that regardless on if you run, skip, jog, 26.2 <laughs> miles, a hundred miles, crawl, any of the, like, however you get to the finish line, right? Like that is an accomplishment for one, let alone hundreds in one, like it just, you know, me wrapping my mind around how, how people can be, it's just it's an accomplishment. And I, I I agree. You need to wear your crown. And I am so glad that we have you on the show because this is, you are awesome and amazing. And congratulations. Yes, Thank definitely. You. Thank congratulations. You. Yeah. And there's um, um, so many different ways um, from power walking to race walking to uh, all types of different competitive walking. And I will say this by me being, staying true to who I am. I mean, my, I have a body of a runner. I had many people say, you know, you look like a runner, why don't you run? And then my answer to that is I'm lazy. <laughs> Running is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh lazy. My gosh. Yeah, only 540 marathons and I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I mean, but it's, you know, I, I feel like this. God puts something on your heart. He gives you this gift. He gave me this gift at age 50. Age mm-hmm. 50. Mm-hmm. And, but it's also to inspire people over 40. Because once you hit 40, it, and I'll just speak for myself, I just can remember um, in my 20s, 40 was like 100, you know, you start, yeah. and then you think that person is losing <laughs> their mind. My, my grown kids are doing me like this at 62. <laughs> there. So, but we were all been conditioned that it's over physically, you know, you mm-hmm. don't, you don't run, you don't, you don't work out. You just, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do that. And then especially a woman, she is right. just, she's supposed to be, I don't have any grandkids, but if I did, you're supposed to be at home taking care of your grandkids, making cookies, you know, helping your, your children out with their children. And um, um, I mean, I love to be a grandmother, but I, I don't have any. So, I mean, he gave me this gift. And what happened was how I got into multiple day racing was um, my, I lost my mom, I lost my dad, and my, my mom, both parents to type two diabetes. Oh. And so when it hit me when I lost my mom um, going on seven years. So I started this um, walk called Extreme Walk for Diabetes. And my first walk was um, from Corona where I live to um, Corona, Southern California to uh, the Bay Area. And so I walked from Corona. Well, actually, the, the second walk I did was from Laguna Beach, beautiful Laguna Beach to mm. um, the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. It took me 15 days, mm. uh, 525 miles to raise awareness about di- type 2 diabetes or diabetes and all diseases that something as simple as moving your body or walking will help control it along with changing the way you eat. Right. And so um, so that's how I, I, I started that. So when I did the, the 15 days, I did that three, 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 four years in a row. The yeah. last time I did it was um, 
uh, Corona to Las Vegas in August, over 100 degree heat via Death Valley. And that took me 10 days. And um, so anyway, after that, I was kind of getting kind of bored with doing those type of molten. So a friend of mine uh, introduced me to, he said, well, why don't you come to Alaska and do this six day race? And I'm like, are you crazy? You want me to stay up for six days? <laughs> I did it, um, 400 miles in six days. Uh, I placed third female and 10th in the world. Mm. And uh, as of today, I've done seven of uh, uh, six day races, a 10 day race. And then the monster race was the uh, Chichamor 3,100 mile race in New York. And that's where you run or walk um, 60 miles a day for 52 straight days to reach the 3,100. And that's when I became a world champion pedestrian. Wow. So you have listed so many amazing things that you've done. (laughs) Tell me, tell us a little bit more about what your training looks like to be able to keep up with these, these level of races and the um, race walking that you're doing. Like, what does it look like for you? Um, my training, it just depends on what I'm training for. So, um, when I'm just doing marathons, there's really no training because I'm actually walking, uh, at least 10 to 15 miles a day. So there's really no actually training. Now there's a difference. I just started four years ago, race walking, race walking is in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. It is a, it's judged. And mm-hmm. so um, it took me three tries. Last year, I finally did it. I finished a 50K. If the first year I got disqualified, second year I got disqualified. Last year, I was able to finish it. And I am the first African-American to ever finish a 50K. And I think there's only one or two other men. No one race walks. And I've been promoting it fiercely mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Um, everybody runs. So you're, 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 the competition is what? One to a thousand people? Mm-hmm. By race walking. It's yes. you and a few other people and you know who your competition is. So tell <laughs> us what's the difference, what is race, like what is the difference of race walking? Like what is considered to be qualified as race walking? Like what's okay. the, I guess, logistics of it? There, the logistics is, is a form. You have to have a straight knee. Each leg has to be, um, uh, planted in the ground at, on every step. You have to have, a, where you're running, you have both legs up in the air. Well, one has mm-hmm. to be down and your knee has to be straight. And then there's a hip movement to it. And okay. so and so the judges are looking for that form. They're looking for that perfect form. And how I kept getting um, disqualified is that if you have a soft knee, if your knee is not completely straight, it's yeah. considered a, a soft knee and they'll warn you. And then after a couple of warnings, you get a red paddle and then after three red paddles you're you're disqualified Mm -hmm. and so um so that's the difference you have nine judges on it's it's the most brutal sport in um the olympics because you have the judges watching you so Mm -hmm. think about that oh the difference between running is you only have one person that you have to account for when you finish and that's your coach well, on race walking, you have nine judges on the course constantly watching you and making sure you have to hold that form the whole distance that you're doing. And um, 
And so it, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's hard. It took, like I said, three tries. And then actually we had a race, a 35K uh, last month in San Diego and I got disqualified. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was kind of cocky, like, okay, you know, I passed last year. Yeah, I could do this. And, and it's, it's really hard. And so I actually, I was talking to one of the judges uh, yesterday and he said, it was like half of you guys, you guys were lazy. You weren't training properly. And so, so with race walking, it's not a large amount. Of, uh, it's more drills the way you, you do drills with running, where you want to do race walk drills, because uh, you you can easily hurt yourself, you know, mm -hmm. uh, your knees. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be really careful. So I'm just now working with a coach um, mm -hmm. for race walking, and um, and then changing my diet. Um, now that I'm older, I just can't like. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, now Yolanda, you <laughs> do you just wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I'm go. I found a new challenge. I mean, because it sounds like you're constantly looking for a challenge mm -hmm. uh, or some hill to climb um, and reach the peak. Was it? Has your a whole life been like that, or did you all of a sudden get into this walking thing? And, and all of a sudden, <laughs> it just hits you like, you know what? There's all these challenges out there. I'm going to compete. I'm going to get them. Uh, no, just when I turned 50, I just got like crazy. It's, it's like an addiction. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is. I mean, but it's a positive. Yes, yeah, a healthy addiction. one. Right. It's a very, very healthy one. And um, um, yeah, I just, well, I got bored with the marathons. And then when my friend asked me to do the Alaska race, that's challenging. Try staying up for 144 hours, you know, mm. um, six days straight, you know, um, and the blisters on your feet. And mm -hmm. um, if you don't have someone helping you out or have a program that you're plan that you're following, you could easily start hallucinating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <know>? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're sleep deprived, you're hungry, and you're so hungry, even though you got plenty of food, you just don't, you, you lose your appetite you know and so you have to force yourself to eat you have to force yourself to drink i've never been a big fan of um electrolytes believe it or not um, gatorade mm. and all of that because i used to have stomach issues with the heat exhaustion so mm -hmm. um i always tell people you know each race is it's kind of like a marathon each each race is is different you know you could have you could do you know a, a race and it's your best race you pr'd you did everything right and then a couple of months later you do that race that another race and you do identical same socks same shoes same mm -hmm. electrolytes and you crash mm -hmm. throwing up everywhere so um the six-day races you know you just have to go in with a a really strong mindset and um, with that mindset and you just have to stay focused and and you got to kind of, it takes a couple of day three. I hate day three on six day races because you just break down, you just start crying. Just yeah. crying. Men, men and women, <laughs> you just cry <laughs> and cry. And yeah, and then, and, but if you get over that hump, you know, after an hour of crying, you just, if you can get over it and not talk yourself out of that you're crazy and this is it i'm not doing this then it then it's smooth sailing gotcha now um we're going to try to find you some competition here so if somebody <laughs> wanted to start 
walking. And, and of course, I mean, yeah. nobody's going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm going to do exactly what Yolanda Holder did. But mm-hmm. if somebody wants to get into the sport, talk about like what you would suggest. And is there a difference in the type of gear they should have compared to, you know, runners or different shoes, that sort of thing? Um, to get started, the, the best way to get started is just put your shoes on and walk out the door. See how you feel, you know, walk around the corner, come back, see how you feel. But, um, but no, I'm, that's serious, but yeah, just, um, <laughs> I would map out, <laughs> but no, I, I tell people that cause they, some people really like, you're asking me this question. They really don't know what to do. No, you just put your shoes on and you go outside and you walk around the corner and you see how you feel, how you like it. And then if you do the next day, I always tell people, don't go by miles. Miles will stress you out. A mile? You want me to walk a mile? (laughs) I just want you to walk for 15 minutes because 15 to 20 minutes is one mile. So you have to convince yourself and just switch the mindset to, I'm gonna walk for 15 minutes. And I tell people, go uh, seven minutes out, you know, uh, in your neighborhood, seven minutes, take a look at your watch, it's seven minutes, turn around and go back home. That's 15 minutes, see where you're at, see how you feel. And then the nice thing about walking or running is once you get out in your neighborhood, oh my God, people, they get, you attract people, you personally will attract people because they will look at like, oh, I want to do that. And then they start waving at you and you're smiling and you think you're doing something. <laughs> and, and especially now with, with COVID, I mean, walking is like really popular now. And then people are asking, because the lady that's going to coach me with the race walking, uh, she said, oh my God, my phone is blowing up. Because people in your mind, you figure, oh, I could do that. I can walk, you know, and then now you're already race walking in your head, you know, so that's what I mean by it. She's getting more phone calls, but yeah, I mean, it's that basic. Put your shoes on, walk out the door, see how you feel, see how you like it. And then walking leads to running because again, it's a mindset. I don't want to walk. I don't want people seeing me walk. I'm a runner. But once you get the walking down, it leads right to the running or you, you like riding your bike. You know, um, because I get people when I'm um, doing a marathon and, and it's funny to me, I hear on the left, on the left, yep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I move to the, left, to the right and I look over and they pass me and they're jogging and I'm saying to myself, really, that's it? You want me to move for that? <laughs> but in their head, you know, they train for that and they're just like hey you're just walking I'm jogging I got this down you know and so so that's the good thing about <laughs> with, with walking it will lead to in no because the competitive we're all competitive and it comes out you know you'll see a person you're like oh my god I'm older than her and she just passed me up. Oh no! And next thing you know, <laughs> you're signing up for more races. You're you're looking at your age group, and that's so. I, and I'm totally. Yeah. Well, I will say, I know I say on the left sometimes, but that's only because sometimes when I'm running, I just can't, that energy is not there to do a crossover or maneuver around. (laughs) So if I can say, oh, your left is a little quicker than me, then it works out. (laughs) But I totally understand. It's it's not to minimize what you're doing at all, but I get what you mean. (laughs) 
yeah, so, so 10 to 15 <laughs> miles a day is about what a kind of an average of what you what you do is and that's consistent I know on your um, social media you hashtag fit over 60 as well as no days off often um, is that something that you do every day seven days a week the 10 15 miles um well it, again, it just depends on what I'm training for, but um, like, okay, today I did do 10, um, mm-hmm. two was uh, race walking and eight was power walking. Um, but uh, right now I, I have a group called, um, a group page called Extreme Walk for Diabetes. Um, and we, what it is, is the 52 day challenge. Um, a uh, year before last when I was in New York doing the 52 days, th- you know, 60 miles a day for 52 days to reach the 3,100. So while I was doing 60 miles a day, you were doing a mile or more um, every day for the 52 days. So that stayed. And so we're on the fourth year of doing that. But um, this, uh, I have a couple of ladies in the group and they were like, Yolanda, once we hit 52 days last month, they were like, can we continue on? So nice. <laughs> we're, doing th- we're doing 365. Oh, and wow. I just want to sh- share this, that uh, again, over 50, over 60, the, uh, one lady uh, messaged me um, and she said, my doctor scared me. I went and I had all my vitals done all my numbers. And he said, he's reading, he's looking at it. And he looked at me and said, oh my God, what are you doing? And she said, she got all scared. And she goes, what? He goes, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I can't believe this. Is this really you? <laughs> so people don't get it. Just moving your body every single day. And again, 15 to 20 minutes is a mile. But if you tell yourself, I'm going to go walk a mile, you're not going to do it. You're going to, you're immediately, oh my God, that's so far. Oh, I'm not, I don't want to do it. But if you say, hey, I, I'm going to do 15, 20 minutes a day, and it'll lead to more. You have to see a change and they, they freak out and, 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 and it's, it, it's a good way, but then yeah, it's, it's like in their head, it's, they don't want to really see that change. And then again, um, with change comes, people see you differently. And I had to um, talk to another lady about her family. She's a grandmother and her granddaughter told her, oh, part of the, the 52 day challenge is um, uh, there's a couple of things you have to do. You need to smile every day. And then you take a sel- selfie is not mandatory, but it really helps. So she really got into the selfies and smiling and her grandkids say, grandma, get off of Facebook. Stop smiling. What are you doing? <laughs> Again, over 50, you're not supposed to do this, but it just, it just lightens up your day. It just shows you, you know, your inner spirit. You, we're, we're not dead. And mm-hmm. so that's why I hashtag fit over 60. I just, oh, and then another thing is I've been doing for, this is my fourth year, consecutive year. I'm being more known for my headstands. Mm. <laughs> my headstands. I saw that on your, uh, on yes. your page. I did see yes. that. <laughs> yeah, and the fun thing with that is I do them anywhere, everywhere, and with heels on, just uh, anything, dresses. <laughs> And it just makes, again, it makes it fun. And people are like, okay, 
you know, but it's a part of yoga. And so it has a lot of great benefits, especially for the arms, you know, really works the arms and shoulders. So, um, so my thing is, I just want to show the world that we're not dead over 50, over 60, over 70. We we're still here. We're still active and we're, we're fabulous or yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you are. And you are showing the world all of that. So yes, you are definitely doing so. Definitely making me feel bad. I'm over 50, but I, you, you're doing more than me. <laughs> and <laughs> you're making me feel bad. I need to, I'm going to go ahead and do some walking when I get off here today. <laughs> Listen, walking is so important. Walking movement in general is so important. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes. Well, Yolanda, we really appreciate you being on our show. It's so good to hear your story and everything that you are just providing to the world, doing for yourself and bring being just a bright and shining, like just everything. Um, so congratulations to everything that you have accomplished. Um, and I hope to continue to see that and and continue to see you do better and bigger things. Exactly. So if any of our listeners would like to follow you, hear more about you, communicate with you, how can they reach you? You can reach me on any of the social media sites, um, Yolanda Holder, or on Facebook, it's Yolanda Holder and The Walking Diva. And if you like to join our uh, Extreme Walk for Diabetes group, um, it's a private group, and um, just send me a message on Facebook, and I will put you in the group. It's a fun group. Awesome. I, I'm sure if you're part of it, it's got to be fun. Yes. I, I, you, it sounds like you always looking for some fun. You look for challenges and fun. And I think you're finding both of them. Definitely. Yes, for sure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate oh, it. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us. Um, I, I truly enjoy talking with you. And, I, and I, I, I see you. And if we didn't tell you, she's also written books, guys. Yeah. So, you know, look up her books. She's a motivational speaker as well. So, you know, we might have to get you here to Atlanta for um, we have a, a group called. Well, it's a race called the race. It's a um, half marathon. It is put on by, you know, African-Americans. Uh, we are good friends with one of the race directors. But we would love to have you come to town for that and be at the expo. And we would love to hear yes. you talk. Yes. So we might have to uh, get with Tess and get her to reach out to you. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Perfect. Thank and you. And that usually takes place in October, but yes, we. Will oh, okay. I would definitely write that down. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. It's my son and and daughter-in-law live in Atlanta. So. Oh, awesome. oh, really? Where okay. About? Where do they yes. live? <laughs> um, just right outside of Atlanta. Okay. Um, yeah. Suburb area. Yeah, the awesome. So you can come here and not even have to worry about hotel and stuff. Exactly. So that works out yeah. perfect. <laughs> exactly. Well, once again, Yolanda, thank you for taking time out of the day, and we truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Oh, what a great interview. Listen, Yolanda, she's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, when she just kept rattling off the different, you know, six day, I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this. I was like, you're making me tired just listening to you talk about all the different accomplishments you yes. had. And I mean, once again, and I talked about it in the interview, but once again, it just bothered me so much that this woman is out there getting into the Guinness Book of World Records and people hating on her. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, people. Yes. Don't, you know, I mean, let people have their accomplishments um, yes. and, and enjoy them in their own way. So yes. I'm glad that she did her, her, um, her 
son's ex-girlfriend, wherever she is now, um, <laughs> told her to go ahead and wear that crown. So I'm very happy for her. Yes, wear your crown, Yolanda. You are doing amazing things, and I look forward to, we look forward to seeing so much more for you. Exactly. Now, India, if they want to get in touch with you or follow you, how would they do that? Yeah, so you all can find me on Instagram at I underscore of underscore indigo. Did I say that right? I of indigo runs underscore in the middle of all of those. I don't know why I just had a brain freeze. It's been a long day. Um, but you can also find me on my website at milesfromindia.com. You can connect with me um, at any of my social media platforms. Email me if you're interested in coaching or anything of that nature. I can be reached on there. So, again, that's milesfromindia.com. Exactly. And you can reach me at tmitch. 68 on Instagram. My email address is Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two at gmail.com. And I think that's how you get me on Strava. Um, those are two by the best places if you want to uh, get any information on your boy. Yes. But before we go, we both want to thank Atlanta Track Club for uh, sponsoring, sponsoring this, this episode. episode. Sign up for the Peachtree Road Race. If you are a member, pick the third or the fourth. If you are not a member, get in that lottery. Or just become a member. Why yes. not? Yes, I mean, so, it's a common member, and then you don't have to worry about what day you're going to get in. Exactly. <laughs> Pick your day. Exactly. Um, yes. And come out there and enjoy an in-person run down Peachtree um, on yes. a holiday weekend. Yes. So we are so excited about that. And, again, thank you so much, Atlanta Track Club, and thank you for our listeners. And don't forget, send us any questions that you have. We will be interviewing um, Rich Kana of Atlanta Track Club. So if you have questions about the Peachtree or Atlanta Track Club, send the questions over to our way. All right, y'all. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Peace. Peace.